the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Abbott. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, The past few weeks, we've had rain out here in California, and now we're living up to our name, Sunny California. So the sun's out. It's going to be a great day. We have a great show ahead. We have a wonderful guest, Steph Vukovic, who is going to be talking about genetics and nutrition. But she also has a very personal story that led her to our organization, our 501c3, The Way to My Heart. And she joined our group and she has been lending her expertise about nutrition um, to many members of our group with questions. So I thought, you know what, let's invite her to come on and answer all of the questions at once because she's proven to be very, very popular with all of her information on supplements and more. So I'm really excited about the conversation ahead. But hello, John. Hello, Miss Kim. How are you? We don't have a team in the Super Bowl, so what are we going to do? I, I have the well, 49ers. Yes, you do. And I was waiting for you to come back and say, wait a minute. I was just trying to make you feel good. Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to pull for. And there's a lot of women in my household that I suspect they'll be pulling for the Chiefs. I, myself, and my son will be pulling for the 49ers, I believe. You know, I think Brock Birdie, he has the potential to become the modern day Joe Namath. And I remember, you know, that Super Bowl where I wasn't alive, but I did a little. I was a sports anchor. Right. And I just remember that story, you know, that that, you know, here's that guy that, you know, when all odds were against him, he was able to lead his team to victory. And so if Brock Purdy can do that, I will literally tip my hat to him as being the modern day Joe Namath, because I think Everyone is in favor of of Taylor Swift getting proposed to after the Super Bowl trophy is handed over to Kelsey. <laughs> um, I'm, I have no comment on that, nor does anyone <laughs> care to hear what my comment is, particularly my family members. But a number, one, a couple of things. I'm really excited to have this conversation with Steph because. Uh, I myself and another partner, we're opening up a men's health clinic. It's a franchise that actually started in uh, Carlsbad, California, and uh, we offer um, vitamin injections. So I want to pick her brain about some of the things we offer and and see if it makes sense. But before we do that, so, Kim, do you think you could kind of reach back into the recesses of your mind, put your reporter hat on and just what give me one question that you would ask either Super Bowl coach. So Andy Reid or um, what's the other guy's name? I'm blanking. Anyway, like b- before they're going to halftime, 
Like what, what would you ask Andy Reed? Like it's halftime. Let's say they're up 10 to seven. What are you going to ask him? You know, you're pulling him off. He, he wants to get into the locker room. You got one question. What are you going to so ask is him? Is he ahead? And I would ask him, he's he's ahead. how do you keep the momentum? I mean, how do you keep the momentum going? And that's always the big question because there's, it's such a mental game at that point, right? Whether they're winning, they're losing, but if they're winning, they've got to keep that momentum going because they have to be prepared for a big strategy shift, you know, from the other team. And so obviously in order to maintain that, that lead, they've, they've got to keep that momentum. So what is their strategy, you know, going into the second half? I mean, that's honestly, you know, what I would ask. You know, I close my eyes. I could be there now. Kyle Shanahan, who I think is the coach of the 49ers, let's say he's down seven points going into oh, half. Wow. What are you going to tell him or ask him, I should say? I mean, it's such an easy thing. You you honestly just want to know how they're going. To, I, you know, personally, I would want to know what went wrong because they all, all sit there for hours and hours and hours and watch, you know, the, the game footage over and over and over again. And they they like, what surprised them in the first half? from the other team because they had to have been, if they were prepared, they watched the, the, the footage from before they had to have known the team strategy. I mean, you would think that they would. So what mm-hmm. surprised them about the team strategy that left them, you know, falling short. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Good um, <job. laughs> but I do have a little Super Bowl um, tie in to mm-hmm. peripheral artery disease. We talk a lot about peripheral artery disease poor circulation and mainly the legs. And I did a little research because I I love just data. Did you know that if every 20 seconds someone loses a limb somewhere in the world due to a diabetic ulcer, as you know, many of those diabetic ulcers stem from not only too much sugar right in the blood, but also along with that is poor circulation. So how many, based on every 20 seconds, around the world, someone is losing a limb due to a diabetic ulcer. How many do you think are losing a limb during the four hours of the Super Bowl? 720 people stand to lose their limbs during the four hours that we are sitting there watching the Super Bowl. And that's really sad. Uh, That is when you put it into perspective. Sobering thought. Sorry, I'm raining on everyone's parade. I'm like the Debbie Downer. Go enjoy Um, the Super Bowl now. Yes, but you know what? I, we can. We're going to have a great conversation, and I think at the end of the day, we're going to learn something about. Uh, it is Heart Month, right? February's Heart Month. I just read too that Carl Weathers, who I loved in Happy Gilmore and Rocky, he died from um, probably an MI, but they're they're calling it atherosclerotic uh, coronary artery disease. So oh, he probably wow. had an MI. So again, the. We can talk about diet because I think there's a lot of ways uh, that people can change their diet and and reduce their risk of cardiovascular events and peripheral uh, arterial disease and supplements yeah. as well. So it's going to be, I think, hopefully very educational, not only for us, but for our, our listeners. And I think it's, it could have a, a great impact. Nutrition is such a great component, as we mentioned, when it comes to diabetes, then ultimately that poor circulation. And so there is so much power that every single human being has in being able to to you know have the, their fate kind of in their own hands there there's something that they Ooh. potentially could do um when it comes to diet and nutrition in many parts of the world now granted we do have to take into consideration as we go forward in this conversation that there are a lot of people that may not have as much of a choice because there are still so many people in poverty and the socioeconomics play such a, a great role 
in terms of cardiovascular and vascular diseases. And that's something that we all need to come together as a community and communities around the world to help make sure that the haves are able to help the have-nots rise up and be able to get the proper nutrition that they need, which should be, you know, a, a right for everybody to have that nutrition. 100%. You have to have faith, which is probably a pretty good segue into my quote, quote for the day. Yes. Dr. John Phillips, spectacular vascular moment of inspiration. So I know we only have about a minute left, but the, the book that I'm reading right now is called Think and Grow Rich. And it's not necessarily about trying to make money, but it's getting yourself in the right mindset to to succeed at something that you really want to succeed at. And part of it is, is having faith in what you can do. And they use a term called auto-suggestion, where if you think about something long enough, it can actually turn into a physical kind of uh, attribute or actually have a physical um, part in the universe. It's, it's actually really fascinating. The, the book was written back in the 1930s. Yeah, manifesting. It's awesome. But so... There's a there's a chapter on faith and the author is Napoleon Hill. So I'm quoting him and he says, faith is the eternal elixir, which gives life, power and action to the impulse of thought. So you have a thought, you have faith in that and then you can actualize it. So let's do it today. I love it. I love it. Well, I have faith. This is going to be a great show. We have Seth Fukovic. She is going to be here in just a few moments. We're going to head to break and we will be right back with an amazing conversation about genetics and nutrition. So stay with us. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We have a special guest today. We have Steph Vukovic. She is a specialist in genetics and nutrition and the intersection of that. And we are going to get to her in just a moment. But I do want to offer a very important reminder that you really need to make sure not to act on any information provided during this show by Steph, by John, by myself, by anyone without explicit consent from your own healthcare team. We don't have access to your medical history. We don't know your comorbidities. We don't know your current medical situation and how your body may react to supplements or foods or medicines or anything else. So please 
make sure you do have explicit consent from your own healthcare team before acting on any information provided here. That being said, I want to welcome Steph to the show and I want to share how she came into my life, which was through our group for peripheral artery disease, which is that poor circulation and mainly the legs. Uh, she thought she had it. She came into our group and even though she doesn't have it, she never left. And I'm so excited because now we have her as our expert in genetics and nutrition in the intersection of. So, Steph, thank you so much for joining us. We can't hear you. So, basically, I know that she has something that's with her veins. I'm hoping that maybe we can get her. She, we might have to deal with a little bit of it. Now we can hear you. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much. Yeah. So welcome, you had a welcome, little Steph. bit of a personal story that that led you to us. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I come from a history with, you know, um, my uh, family going back a lot of cardiovascular disease, um, uh, varicose veins, you know, um, a lot of cardiovascular issues. So when my legs started pooling after my pregnancy, it was like it happened right at the end of my pregnancy. It was it kind of was like I was nine months pregnant and the pregnancy never ended after I had my son. Um, I had claudication in my legs, which is like a swelling, um, breathlessness, fatigue, uh, constant pelvic pain. Um, This one was really interesting. Um, As I was chasing these symptoms, I ended up at an endocrinologist. Um, I told him, I said, you know, could this be some type of like endocrine hypertension? Um, because I, I developed spontaneous high blood pressure that I'd never had before. Um, he tested my aldosterone and renin levels. Both were, I'm sorry. What are those? Um, aldosterone and renin levels are, um, hormones from the adrenals in the kidney that, um, basically kind of talk to each other and they're the ones that control, uh, blood pressure. Okay. Um, so when you have only one that's high, so let's say you only have high aldosterone and low renin, or it may, now it may be the other way around, but when only one is high, um, that's indicative of like, um, adrenal fatigue or like like um addison's where it's like um kind of a a cortisol crisis um but when both are elevated aldosterone and renin levels um that's indicative of kidney stricture so then they're telling me well we think that you might have like you know some type of stricture in your kidney i went for an mra um, an MR angiogram of my kidney. They didn't see anything. So I'm like, okay, well, what now? Um, I went down the gamut. It was a urologist, gynecologist. I saw a psychiatrist at one point. Um, my doctors were just like, maybe this is anxiety. Maybe this is postpartum. Um, the only thing that panned out of that is that, you know, we, all we did was talk about my pain. <laughs> um, endocrinologist, nephrologist, um, the doctor who did help me where we finally broke ground was uh, the interventional radiologist. Mm-hmm. They um, they ended up running um, what was an MRV, that's an MRI venogram, which is just imaging of my pelvis, and it looks at my veins. And I, I don't think it looks at arteries. I think that's the angiogram, but I could be mistaken. 
At any rate, when they did, they were um, they identified several compressions, which was kind of unfortunate because they'd never been seen for the last three and a half years until just now. So it's been a long time coming. Um, and I asked my doctor why no one had caught it for the last three and a half years. He said that it's something that really need, you know, uh, these radiologists, interventional radiologists need to be trained to look for or they'll miss it. Absolutely. Um, so my compressions so far <laughs> are um, Mayferner syndrome, which is an iliac vein compression. Um, the iliac vein is the one that kind of processes the blood between your legs and back up to your heart. Um, mine's squished. Um, the other one that I have that's a little more rare is called posterior nutcracker syndrome. Um, that's where the renal vein is compressed between the aorta and the spine. Um, because it is where it is against the spine, um, stenting is not an option. Um, so, so I said, well, what is the best option? I was given two options. One was for, um, a left renal vein. It was an LRVT left renal vein, um, uh, where they they move they transplant the vein um, to your kidney a fresh vein um, I heard that has a very low success rate the other one was um, uh, renal auto transplantation where they actually they take my left kidney and they transplant it to my right side um, wow yeah yeah so to go from no answers to now we're talking I'm going to be meeting with a, a vascular surgeon and a transplant surgeon um, in the next two weeks is crazy <laughs> so um, so yeah and and so what what they're going to do now is that they identify those in imaging what they do is they they do a venogram with IVUS um, intravascular IVUS, yeah Right. What's that? It's a it's a it's a camera that goes in and it uses audio waves, I believe, and yes. then it um, is able to really get a good three D picture of what's going on inside the veins. Yes, exactly. And and right now, I, I guess that's you know that's the gold standard for treatment and um, even placing stents so that they're you know they know where to place them properly, the size, all of that. Um, I was recommended to never get a venogram or like stenting placed without the IVUS. So that's something I really looked for. Um, so that's my next step. I'm um, next week, actually, I'll be in downstate Michigan and I will receive the, the venogram with IVUS. They will determine the compressions in entirety and then make a plan from there. Um, but uh, they're going to also be looking at um, my inferior vena cava. That's another one that may be compressed. Right. Um, oh, really? That's a bad one to be compressed. So, so this is going to get really interesting for you guys. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. But so um, I searched high and low for the interventional radiologists that I have now. Um, they, they are not all built the same. Yeah. And um I, I was in another support group that I have and he was, he was really highly touted. So anyway, as he was, he was the one who identified all the compressions. Um, we talked and I said, you know, how is this even possible? It must've been the pregnancy. Um, I had my son in September of 2020 and he said, th this was surprising. He said that he, when he sees multiple compressions, that's 
that typically goes hand in hand with um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Uh, there's 13 forms of Ehlers-Danlos, and one of them is called VEDS, uh, vascular Ehlers-Danlos. Um, so now I'm I'm going down that <laughs> that whole gamut of I don't even know what that is. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's a um, it's a form of typically in the arteries where there's issues within the arterial walls that can lead to aneurysms and um, sections and things like that. Yes. Folks have very specific phenotype for it, though. <clears throat> and coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we are going to. Uh, Uh, Talk more with Steph about her story and also get into the intersection between genetics and nutrition. So stay with us. Three years ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not, because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD, peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.com. Org or call our Legsaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We are continuing our conversation with Steph Vukovic, micronutrient expert and health coach, who in the previous segment was telling us about some of the the venous congestion and constriction issues that she's been dealing with that sounds like have been leading to some lower extremity swelling. And ultimately, you've got in touch with somebody who is going to do a little bit more investigation work and uh, some imaging to see if, if you might need intervention. So that's I'm glad you, you finally, you know, you're in the rabbit hole, but it looks like you're not digging any farther down. Right. Right. It's uh, yeah, it's it's good to finally have answers, even though they're not great. You know, it, it's it definitely affirms um, what I was feeling and what I've been going through. Um, I think that was the hardest was not having answers. Um, but what was interesting um, that I, for, I didn't get to mention with the renal um, with the renal autotransplantation is not just my renal vein, but my renal artery is also squished for whatever reason. So, yeah, very huh. very strange. That's that's, yeah. that's a new one. I'd lo- I'd love to, mm-hmm. on a, you know, not a voyeuristic request, but I'd, it'd be interesting to see your images. I'm I'm curious about that one. Yeah. Um, but so, so tell us a little bit about what you do as a micronutrient expert and health coach and, and how that kind of got you thinking about, you know, what's going on with your body. 
Ah, good question. So, okay, so, and I'm going to read this because I, I, I am a little shy, so a little nervous. So, so my job as a nutrigenomics coach and counselor is to interpret genetic material, um, typically raw data, identify variants in the data, and teach clients how best to support those variants so they should work as they should. Um, examples would be like MTHFR, um, MTHR, MTHFR. The MTHFR is is basically if you have this gene, you, your body struggles with turning food into fuel, and so you're, I believe your your B vitamins aren't absorbing. You're not turning that folic acid. You know, a lot of our breads and and things are enriched pastas. They're enriched with folic acid, but you can't. Your body can't turn that folic acid into folate. So is mm-hmm. it, it? So you end up with an enzyme that doesn't get broken down in this process, this digestion process, and it's called homocysteine. And when there's too much homocysteine, it's almost like nails is what my dad. So I have it. My dad has it. And I think my older brother has it. And they they describe it as being like nails on your artery walls. And when you have damage in the artery walls, that's where those those small LDL particles can get in there and start building up and pushing that wall up and creating restriction in your in your blood flow. And John, you're always welcome to correct me if I'm wrong. That's just the way the dietitian described it to me for us. You know, I, I I don't claim to know much about diet and the the way things are broken down. Other than that, you know, a good Mediterranean diet is something that we we preach in, mm-hmm. in caloric restriction. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, the, the, what, what's interesting to me, Steph, is. The fact that you're taking what sounds like pretty complex information and yeah. and and translating it in, into like a sixth grade level, I would imagine for patients. What what is, what is your educational background, if I may ask? So I'm an LLNC right now, um, a limited liability um, nutrigenomics coach. Um, I it started out just as as a patient, like anybody else, looking for answers. Nutrigenomics is relatively new; it's about the last ten years or so say 10, 12 years. Um, and at the time, you know, with, with genetic testing, you know, you get the results and it's like, okay, you can either take them, you can panic about it, or you, you know, I said, I wanted to learn how to best support them. Like, how can we, how can we change this so that they can work as they should? Um, I started in groups, um, working with people, um, Eventually, I, it's really just it's it's blown up. Um, I work one of my she's my mentor colleague, one of my good friends. Um, her name's Bailey Farstead. She's um, she's the creator of Norns. Um, she has a master's in nutrigenomics and biophysics. Um, she's also the uh, um, she's uh, let me see here. I had her. I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, That's okay. She's all on the radio. That's all. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, But um, she's also the head of the fibromyalgia research board over in Oslo. Although she is American descent, so. Um, But so I work with her. Um, As I was working with her, I started to work with um, a lot of other. physicians um and and you know um counselors um another thing is nutrigenomics spills over into estrogen metabolism perimenopause menopause um compt uh, the catechylomethyltransferase gene um is responsible for estrogen metabolism estrogen catechols um methyls methyl donors uh I, there's a huge list i would have to read it 
But um, so at any rate, I really I delve deep. Um, after a while, I've become um, kind of a, a a staple for people, like you know, to direct them for sources. I, I help um, interpret genetic panels i help um you know direct people to sources as needed Um, right so basically when they have these genetic snippets that uh, may not be normal you're able to say okay well here's some action that you can take here's some resources that you can use to help make a difference because a lot of people that end up coming to you like you know in our case with my dad and the mthfr that we were really trying to get to the bottom of what are all the factors that are damaging his arteries leading to that plaque buildup and most general mainstream, you know, facilities don't um, deal with that. They say you have heart disease. These are your options. Here are the pills. Here are your statins. Here are your blood thinners, your anticoagulants. And, oh, if you need an intervention, we'll do that. If you need a bypass, we'll do that. But for me, uh, you know, a lot of people want to step back and go, OK, what has led to this? And there isn't as much, you know, research, you know, into, you know, a lot of that. And so there are some natural means. And that's what we were. I was trying to figure out how do I empower my dad to to take action for his health? And the only way to do that was through genetic testing and being able to give him some actionable items where he could, you know, see in his blood work. There were improvements based on his action, and we we were able to find that. And so are you walk, finding walk, that with a lot of yours? Just real quick, walk me through that. The like, uh, if a patient came to me and said they want genetic testing, I mean, for me, when we talk about genetic testing, it's actually looking at somebody who may have and as problems. Doctor John, is we are going to have to go to commercial break here on eight sixty AM. The answer. Keep listening on for the heart of innovation with Kim McNichols, Doctor John Phillips, and their guest Steph Volkovich. Medical Notepad, brought to you by the Global PAD Association and Abbott. This episode, Dr. Eric Sasemski talks about high blood pressure. High blood pressure for everybody um, out there is really when the flow of blood down your blood vessels is going at a higher pressure than is safe for our organs. So if you think about turning on a faucet and the water flying out and spraying all over, that is you know high flow. That can cause high pressure. And if you, if you put something in front of it, like a thin piece of glass, you can fracture it. You know, in the body, when there's high flow, high pressure like that, a lot of our organs are sensitive to this. In particular, our brains, our hearts, our kidneys. These organs don't like that pressure pushing up against the small vessels, pushing up against the pumping heart, and it causes problems over time. It can cause dissections and aneurysms in the brain. It can cause thickening of the heart muscle, weakening of the heart, and holding on to fluid. And it can cause pressure on the kidneys to the point that the kidneys start to scar and fail. And one out of every two people in the U.S. has high blood pressure. One out of every two people. So this isn't, you know, you walk in the mall and maybe one person in the mall has this condition. It's everywhere you turn. And so it's also been labeled the silent killer for a reason, because the hard part with the high blood pressure is the majority of people do not know they have it. We very infrequently, you know, develop symptoms early on in the process of high blood pressure. So we could be walking around for years, decades with high blood pressure that's uncontrolled if we've not had any opportunity to see a primary care doctor, get our blood pressure read. Um, been willing to follow up, you know, you know, there's a lot of 
really opportunities to intervene that are lost because it doesn't cause symptoms. And, you know, we often have other conditions that take precedence. With this week's medical notepad, that was Dr. Eric Sesemski. Remember, the advice and views offered in this series are for informational and educational purposes only. Always check with your own health care team for explicit consent to follow any guidance offered here. If you have additional questions about vascular and cardiovascular issues, you can go to padhelp.org. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. And before I was so rudely canceled by our producer, I was trying to ask a question out for Steph and Kimberly. Colin's got to keep you in line. Yes, he does. Um, so uh, t- explain to me how, if a patient came to me and said, I want some genetic testing for my cardiovascular disease, what am I supposed to say to that person since I don't personally do it and nor do I know much about it? Right. Well, so a lot of times providers will just refer out to a geneticist. I mean, that's the default. You could do that. Um, there are there are options, though. So um, there's commercial testing, which everyone knows that's uh, testing such as 23andMe or um, Ancestry. That's considered exploratory testing. Um, that's a good jumping off point, actually. And I'll, I'll explain in a second. The other one, though, is clinical testing. Now, the difference between them is actually huge. Um, it boils down to cost and the amount of information garnered from the um, from the test results. So um, clinical testing does not offer raw data, um, which is super, I mean, it's so invaluable for further genetic identification. Um, raw data is a compilation of about 600,000 to 700,000 um, genes and variants. Um, ranging from cardiovascular all the way to pharmacological interactions through the CYP450 um, pathways in the liver. Um, commercial testing so is great not- to me. <laughs> <laughs> so the CYP450 pathways are um, liver pathways that help um, break down medication, hormones, ever- toxins, heavy metals, everything you can think of. Um, so anyway, um, so clinical testing isn't typically covered either, um, as you had mentioned earlier. Sometimes it is. It depends how you do it. Um, so but if I were to recommend for someone starting out, especially if they're not sure if they really want to go down that route um, and they're just kind of curious, would be to do commercial testing. Um, and like again, the 23 and me. Correct. 23andMe or Ancestry. Um, You do not need to buy a membership. You do not need to buy the most expensive package to get your raw data. Literally the most basic package, no membership, they will give you your raw data. Um, Right now, the only problem with 23andMe is that they've they've really locked down their raw data feature so that instead of just freely downloading it out of your profile, you have to contact them and have them email it to you. That that knowing that that's what you need to do, you just go ahead and do it, right? Right, right. And I think that company's going bankrupt, actually. Well, they just have data leak after data leak after data leak, and then they went and they sold a bunch of people's information to a pharmaceutical company. So I still have my kid here, which I heard would have helped me 
you know, in a, in a less expensive fashion to learn about having the MTHFR mutation. And I just left it there and went and paid the full price, you know, at my local, you know, just walk in and, and got it done. I think it was like $180. It was very expensive. But um, it, it does get concerning, you know, stuff for, for people, you know, with those facilities. I mean, has Ancestry had the same problems or have they been a little bit? No. So so as far as 23andMe, what happened was um, at the beginning of the Israeli-Palestinian um, war, um, someone did, someone was able to hack into their system. What they did was they threatened to leak Ashkenazi Jew heritage from um, the 23andMe site. Um I 23andMe says that it didn't happen, you know, that that there was a threat, but it never it never made it that far. Uh, It's hard to say. But what I will say is that um, originally I would have told you, you know, you can do 23andMe anonymously. You can you can go in as Jane Doe and get your results, go into your profile and download your raw data. Right now, that's not an option. Um, you actually have to prove you are you to receive your raw data. So I wouldn't advise using an alias if you use 23andMe. But right now, um, it's still, it is still an option. Um, 23andMe it does have um, several genes that are FDA approved. And um, so like the, the panels. So it, it, is, it is a good test and it's very um, universal. So there's genomic panels online where you would upload this raw data. And when I use the word upload, I use that very loosely because you're not actually uploading. You're, you're kind of running it through. So it's never saved. It's anonymous. They don't have you sign up for anything. And let me, let me just, uh, if I can can explain this to me, like I'm a kindergartner, because I'm, I'm, having a little bit of difficult time kind of understanding what, so let's say I, I, I pay for the test, right? I get a test from 23 me or whatever. Now I get these results back. Okay. What am I supposed to do with them? Give them, so you're gonna get, talk to okay. you. So you're going to get, you're going to get the 23 and me results. Those that's okay. where you open up your profile and it just, it looks, you know, it's, it's this, whole thing and you're going through and you're going oh I have an iron deficiency in my family or I have this so there's that then there's raw data raw data is just the most basic pdf file of just I mean it's rsid numbers which are um, gene variants but it's 600,000 to 700,000 so wow so So after my head explodes then what do we do (laughs) so you don't look at sites right you can go to different sites and there are yes. sites, there's a couple of them that I think that they're even donation based. You go in there and like, for example, with what we did with my dad's MTHFR was they, you don't see straight on the 23andMe results that you have this MTHFR mutation. What you have to do is go and they have some sort of algorithm. Um, you can calculate it yourself. There are formulas online or you can put it into this one website and say, hey, you know, take my data do the calculations for me and and make sense of all of this information. And it crunches all the numbers and it says, based on what we figured out is you have this MTHFR mutation, for example. And then that's where also I think, Steph, you're able to guide people. You're able to say, hey, I'll take that information. I'll upload it for you. I'll um, help you make sense of all of it. And then I'll give you some sort of practical strategy if there is a practical strategy in terms of nutrition or whatever they're eating or supplements that they can do in order to um, counteract the impact of that 
uh, genetic mutations, such so, as with MTHFR. Okay, so then let's take, so Steph, let's say I do this, and give aside from the MTFHR or whatever, that mutation, give me an, another common one that I might have. Um, oh, Oh boy. Okay. So everyone has a comp gene now that, so there's the MTHFR, which she was talking about. Okay. Now comp is right next there. They're like brother and sister. Comp is the, um, comp controls. Um, let's see here. It's, uh, the, the, um, catechols, catechol estrogens, heavy metals, um, toxins, uh, methyl, methyl donors, um, metabolism. What that means. But let's is, say I have a, de- a defect in that. Or something, right? Well, so everyone has a status. There's three statuses for okay. um, that, uh, VAL 158 met, which is there's slow, um, balanced, or fast. So that's how these genes express. They don't, it's not like it doesn't work at all. It will either be very slow, intermediate, or it works faster than it should, which means it may potentially clear um, catechols or dopamine, adrenaline, norepinephrine, um, it may clear those very quickly. So anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Let's say I have one that's slow. Mm-hmm. What do you? What, what? What? What would you recommend? You know, I guess I'm just trying to walk it through for our yeah. listeners. You, you know, like what? Yeah, if, how do we so, get some value out of this? Yes, that's a that's a great question. So so. Slow comped, if you have slow comped, which about, I would say a third of the population does. I mean, there's only three variants that you can have. Um, and I, I tend to run into people with slow comped quite a bit. In fact, my mother is. Um, that seriously, seriously impacts estrogen metabolism. Um, because it impacts estrogen metabolism, um, not only that, but toxins, heavy metals, the catechols, um, that really increases um you know, oxidization and the, um, it, it increases to- uh, the carcinogens in, in your oh, liver and because you can't Coming detox. up on the Heart of Innovation, we're going to figure out the last bit of information here with our host, Steph Bokovich. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Welcome back to the show. And we have Steph Vukovic with us. And before the break, um, we were allowing her. She has this pop gene that I think it's called. And it's not a matter of if you have some sort of mutation, it's just a matter of which mutation you have. Do you have a slow intermediate or do you have a fast um, gene? And that affects the, um, is this just for women or is this for both men and women in terms of their estrogen absorption um, that ultimately impacts the, the amount? Like you were saying that if they have slow which a third of people possibly do that they have more carcinogens and such that are not getting, you know, uh, flushed out of their system. Yes. Yep. It definitely affects men also. And um, I work with quite a few men. See what the thing about slow comp is um, it's also called the warrior gene. Um, and, and it's true to its nature because typically when I work with people with slow comp, they're more of a warrior or they, they're more high anxiety. Um, that's also the decreased catechol metabolism where they have higher adrenaline levels, higher, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, it definitely affects men and women um, for sure. Um, 
One of the big things I want to bring up about COMPT is that with MTHFRs, COMPT determines whether you can metabolize methyl vitamins uh, efficiently or not. Um, people with slow COMPT cannot metabolize methyls, catechols, methyl donors, methyl donors such as like L-theanine or L-theanine. It's an yes. amino acid. Um, okay. Methyl don't, um, yeah. So, so anyway. So what but, do people do once they find this out? Is this something that you then say, okay, here are the supplements you need in order to help counteract this to make sure that you can metabolize the, you use proper, you make sure you set them up with a system where they can properly have that right combination of supplements to counteract that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we can we can look and say, okay, so you have an MTHFR gene. Now a heterozygous status comes with a 30 to 40% decrease. A homozygous status comes with an 80% decrease. So you can look and say, okay, you have an MTHFR gene. Now you probably shouldn't have folic acid. Another one that determines folic acid would be the DHFR gene. Um, and so, um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so people are not figuring out. So the whole moral of the story, we have only about a minute left, is, yeah. is really that if you can't figure out what's going on or you want to get to the heart of what is causing it, there's always some sort of genetic factor that may be causing it. And, you know, to find it out, it might be a matter of how much you can invest into the genetic research and then the genetic analysis and ultimately beyond that, the coaching to make sure that you can create a strategy um, to be able to counteract any of those gene snippets that might be leading to whatever chronic ailment you have. So thank you so much, Steph. If people want to reach out to you and find out more, where can they go? Oh, so I, I host the group's um, Comp Gene Mutation, and I can I can link that in, in the Peripheral Artery Disease Group, and then also on Norns Methylation and MTHFR. The website that you want to go to is Norns, N-O-O-R-N-S dot com, Norns Nugen. And I can again link that one also. And I'll go ahead for those of you, you can go to call 415-320-7138 for um, those websites and I'll give them to you. And this is why Joe Rogan has a three-hour podcast. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. I think we need an extension. We do. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and Abbott. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.